Good morning, my name is Stephen Capaldo, and I'm here to uh, speak a little bit on a, I think it'll be an interesting topic. Um, I got a post from a Facebook group, which is called Love Heretic, and what this post is about is, it's uh, uh, Albert Einstein, the scientist who you know, is known for his theory of relativity and some other things. Uh, when he gave talks at uh, universities, he was often asked if he believed in God. And he answered that he believed in the God of Spinoza. Baruch de Spinoza was a Dutch philosopher. And so here he gives the answer of Spinoza to that question that uh, he was asked, Einstein. Um, and I'm going to go through what Spinoza said uh, of God, uh, who God is. And I, I'm going to, you know, give kind of my own views in some places, you know, because I think he, he, he exaggerates in some ways. Uh, so uh, I think actually I found it to be a very interesting post. I think it's a food, it's food for thought. I mean, you won't agree with everything. I didn't agree with everything. I think some of it is a little bit, I, I would say exaggerated is the right word, but uh, certainly something very interesting. And I, Einstein, he had, he, he had, um, he, he gave this answer from Spinoza about who is God, but he also, he had a very interesting quote about, uh, he was asked about infinity and he said, uh, there are only two things that are infinite. One is the universe and one is human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. So uh, he's, he had a sense of humor in addition to being a scientist. Um, and anyway, um, so Spinoza begins his, uh, his answer about who is, who is God. Uh, Spinoza says, God would say, number one, stop praying. Well, it doesn't, uh, I, you know, the, uh, this is an exaggeration to stop praying. I mean, this uh, we, we should pray. But I think a lot of times people spend time praying, trying to get other people to change their mind, you know, about something when the person's free will is going to be violated and they don't, you know, you, you try to get them to change their mind by praying. You think you pray and you're going to get a different outcome because, you know, God is going to force this other person to do something. And he's not, <laughs> because he created a free will universe. So if you want some situation to change, uh, you might pray a different way that some circumstance would help the person make the decision to change. But the, the, the stop praying, you know, and then, and then there are people that say you hear, especially in Christianity, that they got, they got up at 4 a.m. and they went into their prayer closet and they prayed for three hours. And, you know, maybe they prayed in tongues and or they spend, you know, half an hour in church praying. And OK, so Spinoza says, stop praying, which I, I wouldn't put it that way. I would say, think, think about praying in a little bit more rational way, sensible way. And, and, and what is the purpose of, of prayer or some kind of meditation or thinking about God or thinking about the word of God? Well, it's to draw closer to the, to the most high. Uh, it isn't just to satisfy your wish list. Um, it, it's just, it's just a way of communicating with, with the most high, with the almighty. So stop praying. What I want you to do is to go out into the world and enjoy your life. Now, that's a novel thought. I want you to sing, have fun, and enjoy everything I've made for you. He is the creator of all. He is the source of all. Enjoy. You should enjoy your life. And, you know, in religion, certainly in Christianity, but I think in other religions, you know, there's this idea of, you know, you're not supposed to enjoy your life too much, right? I mean, you really, it's, you really should kind of... Uh, be careful. You don't. You don't want to be seen as you know as getting too much joy out of life. But even uh, I know scriptures say you know that, that that there should be joy in your life. It doesn't always mean that the circumstances are bad. Are circumstances are good all the time. Uh, 
but uh, th there definitely should be joy in your life, and you should enjoy your life. You should even be able to enjoy circumstances that are not the optimal, not the best, not maybe what you would have hoped for, but you should be able to have enjoyment uh, on some level. I want you to sing, have fun, and enjoy everything I've made for you. Stop going into those dark, cold temples that you built yourself and saying, they are my house. Yeah, well, think about that. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can turn off the, the message, and that's fine. But uh, the, the idea that you, know, you go into a building, and then that's your relationship with God, well, Spinoza is saying that's, that's really not it. You build these buildings, and then you go in, and, and you have an organization, and you have to maintain the organization and keep it running and pay for it and you know, pay someone to, to uh, give uh, messages, you know, and they may not even be very good messages. Uh, saying that a building is God's house, in, in, a way it's, in a way it's kind of blasphemy because God is the creator. God is everywhere. It's not, you, you can't just say that God is in a house that you built. That man built. I mean, that's uh, to me. It's a, I, I would say it's almost almost a blasphemy, and you you hear it frequently. My house is in the mountains, in the woods, rivers, lakes, beaches. In other words, I created all this for you to enjoy. The woods, rivers, lakes, beaches. That's where I live, and there I express my love for you. So God is what? God is what? He's not. He's not an old man with a long white beard sitting up in the sky. God is the spirit. God is the the the, the divine. The perfect divine intelligence, the spirit of the creator, right? That is God. That's where I live and that's where I express my love for you. Stop blaming me for your miserable life, Spinoza says. You know, that's, and, and that's, uh, you know, we, we do that all the time. We complain all the time. But actually, if you think about it, and, and, I, and I'm embarrassed to say it because I, I think of all the times in my life that I've complained, I mean, up until this day, you know, and it's, uh, I was... Uh, uh, doing Tai Chi this morning, and I was thinking to myself, why is this dog of mine running around like a maniac? You know, because sometimes he gets in these moods where he crisscrosses at, at extreme speed. I mean, he never moves that fast, but then every once in a while, every few days, something gets in his head or brain or what passes for a brain, and he goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and of course, Tai Chi, as you know, it's like it's, a, it's, a, it's called moving meditation. So it's supposed to be relaxing. It's supposed to be quiet. It's supposed to be calm. You're not supposed to have some goofy canine crisscrossing in front of you at 90 miles an hour. So, you know, I, I had certain thoughts about that, that, that this, this really wasn't very relaxing this morning. And uh, if I could grab him by the neck, you know, that would be okay. But then that, that defeats the purpose of, of doing the, the meditation anyway. So, but, but I mean, we, we all, you know, we all have these things that we complain about, right? And, and I love my dog, but I didn't love what he was doing this morning. And uh, so, but stop blaming me for your miserable life. And I, I can look back over my life and I can see some things that were, de definitely they were joyful. And other times I had to kind of say that they were joyful, although the circumstances were not very good. I had to say, well, I, I, I can still enjoy the, the, the joy and the peace of God, even though the human circumstances are not very good. Uh, so anyway, stop blaming me for your miserable life. I never told you there was anything wrong with you or that you were a sinner, or that your sexuality was a bad thing. Now, that's going to be a little too much for some of the, the, the Christian uh, brethren and sistren to look at that. But, uh, but I, I never told you there's anything wrong with you, or, or that you were a sinner. There is this human depravity that's taught in Christianity, and, and, and pro probably other religions as well. It, it's, a, it's a false teaching. I mean, it's more than a false teaching. It's really to, to, to teach people that they are depraved. I mean, I, I was in a, in a church uh, one day with someone who said, uh, 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just lucky that I have a God that would uh, save a piece of crop like me. And he referred to himself as a piece of crop. And I thought, well, I don't really know you that well. You may, in fact, be a piece of crop. I don't really know you that well, but you shouldn't think that, you shouldn't be thinking that God thinks that you're a piece of crop. See, he doesn't. Um, or, or that you were a sinner. There is no sinner's prayer. Now, you may wander off into darkness. The only true, real reality, truth, is love. Is, is love. Now you can go to the other place. You can go to darkness. You can leave light and go into darkness. That, that you can do. And that, I guess you could call that sin or some kind of transgression against God. But I mean, that's really a free will choice that you make. You create that, uh, that bad situation by making those decisions, you know, to go from light into darkness, from truth into deception. But uh, th there is no sinner's prayer. You are forgiven. You're loved and forgiven. And Jesus on the cross came to confirm that, right? You are loved, you are forgiven. That, that's it. Uh, or that your sexuality was a bad thing. You know, all, all sexuality. So sexuality is not a bad thing. And I, I'm not going to get into the, uh, the the whole thing of it, but basically whatever your sexuality is, whatever whatever situation you are in, always, the, the really, the, the, the only totally essential, crucial thing to make sure is that children are protected. In whatever situation that is, whatever your sexuality is, uh, that that's really the thing that counts the most for God. And if you don't believe it, you can check it out and you can turn off the broadcast if you think I'm saying blasphemy. That's what you have to be uh, be aware of is do, do it, uh, you know, if what you do to the, to the least of them, you do to me, right? Sex is a gift I have given you and with which you can express your love, your ecstasy, your joy. Okay, so don't blame me for everything they made you believe. And what has religion mostly told us about sex? You know, from it's a it's a it's a bad thing, and it's only it's only for having babies. Uh, to well, it's an okay thing, but you have to meet all of these certain conditions to have it. And that isn't really and and the the scripture. And I mean, you you can read different books, but I mean, the scripture doesn't talk that much about sex. You know, God is not obsessed with our sexuality. I know that in religion we like to pretend that he is, but he really isn't. And the next thing that Spinoza said was, stop reading alleged, alleged sacred scriptures that have nothing to do with me. And what he's talking about here, I think, is the fact that a lot of the texts have been manipulated and changed or poor, poorly translated. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know the intent in every case. In some cases, I imagine the things were changed intentionally. In other cases, I think it was just a poor translation or a misunderstanding of, of uh, you know, original uh, manuscripts and that type of thing. Uh, but what Spinoza is saying, and you can take it or leave it, is that really it's not, it's not about a physical book. It's about drawing closer to the Most High, drawing closer to the Almighty God. The physical book, if you know how to read it, if it's a version that you can really read, and you know how to read it, not just literally, but also symbolically, and you can sort of combine the two and let the Spirit guide you in your reading of it, it, it has a lot of information, and it's, 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 like a, it's like a guidebook. It's kind of, you know, you want a better relationship with God, here's the how-to, right? To, you, you want God in Christ, Okay, you can have God in Christ, and you have the Spirit to guide you through all of that, right? Uh, what Spinoza is saying that some of these scriptures they're manipulated, and I don't think we can deny that that has happened. Nevertheless, there is a an ultimate truth, an ultimate word of God, uh, an ultimate way, and 
you know, that's available to us if we have discernment and, and we don't just say, well, uh, you know, I'm going to read this, this book, even if it's poorly translated, even if it's manipulated, even if scriptures have been changed to say things that really God has not been saying. Uh, you just, just have to be careful. You have to have the right degree of discernment. And Spinoza says, if you can't read me in a sunrise, in a landscape, in the look of your friends, in your son's eyes, you will find me in no book. So you've got a book, but you also have your life and your relationship with God and your, uh, your, and your communication with the Spirit and how the Spirit communicates with you. And uh, stop asking me, Will you tell me how to do my job? Stop being so scared of me. I do not judge you or criticize you, nor get angry or bothered. I am pure love. Now, God is there to guide you for sure. The Spirit is there to guide you. And then there are, you know, guardian angels, etc. You know, different guides, you know, the, to, to help you. But all coming from the source, the Creator, the Most High, the, the, the Father, if you want the Father, Mother, Spirit, or however you want to call it, the, the Creator. Uh, and what he's saying is, look, you're, in a, you're created in my image. God, God is saying, you're created in my image. You are an extension of me. So why do you keep asking me every little thing? I mean, what, you, you're an extension of me. I want you to learn how to, how to create your life as an extension of the creator. I want you to learn how to, how to be, in a sense, independent. Not independent of me. You're not independent of God, but but to, to operate as a sovereign person who has freedom and who loves and who has dignity and who has self-esteem and worth and all of that. I want you to learn how to do that and not just keep running to me for every little detail of your life. And I think that that's actually a good point. I think people, people are trying to seek uh, the counsel of God on every little thing. You can do that if you like, but I think my understanding of the Spirit of God is that the Spirit is very big on that, you know, you, you know, you're an extension of the Creator and you should, you should be able to create, therefore, your own, your, your own personal reality and, and, and you should be able to think critically and you should be able to think logically and you should be able to think rationally and you should be able to think for yourself, right? You don't need every single thing, you know, to, 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 for God to lay out every single thing. God is, cre God is about creation. So he's endowed you with the ability to create, which means you don't need for somebody to tell you. Even uh, even uh, parents or teachers or stuff like that, you don't need for somebody to tell you every little thing. You may need certain things explained in the beginning or certain big things explained. But then you should be able to live a life of not, not independence from God, but of autonomy, of sovereignty, of personal sovereignty, personal freedom. You have freedom in Christ, right? Stop asking for forgiveness. There's nothing to forgive. Well, I wouldn't say it that way. I would say we're, we, we are already loved and forgiven. It's done. It is just say thank you. Thank you. We have, we have, we, God forgave us. He gave us the cross, gave us Jesus. Thank you. We are forgiven. And anything that we did, anything that we did against you, it's forgiven, right? If we trespassed or whatever, transgressed, sinned, whatever you want to call it, went into the darkness and away from the light, it's forgiven. So stop asking for forgiveness. Now, I 
uh, I think the idea is that people people exaggerate it. I mean, if you mess up, I mean, you can talk to God, right? I mean, that's that would be maybe even a good thing to do is to have some communication. But just the idea that people people are always asking for forgiveness. Just think of it in your human life. If somebody is, is so insecure that they're always asking for you for forgiveness. Oh, will you forgive me? Yeah, I did this, I did that. And then, stop, stop, stop. You, you don't have to have this exaggerated view of forgiveness, you know? It's, I filled you with passions, limitations, pleasures, feelings, needs, inconsistencies, free will. I gave you free will. Now use your free will. That's what you should do. You should use your free will to create what I've given you the ability to create. And, and that's what you do. That's how, that's how a, a sovereign, free-thinking person lives, right? How can I blame you if you respond to something I put in you? How can I punish you for being the way you are if I'm the one who made you? Do you think I could create a place to burn all my children who behave badly for the rest of eternity? What kind of God would do that? Well, you can figure out what you think of heaven and hell. They're, re they're real concepts. They exist. Is it eternal hellfire? I personally don't believe that, but there is certainly, you can, uh, you can certainly end up in hell, right? I mean, that's, but you have to figure out what that is. You can, you can live in heaven, you can live in hell. You know, you can li live in a place that is of, you know, with God of the high, the higher spirituality, and you can live in the place of the lower spirituality. And uh, you know, you know, people people have asked uh, people have asked me, well, if they if they knew someone very uh, very bad in their lives, you know, who did bad things, hurt a lot of people, well, what do you think? Is this person going to be uh, suffering? You know, continuous burning alive forever? And uh, I said, well, I mean, you you have to just kind of come to your own conclusion on that. Uh, well. Is, is the person, I, I, I don't think those couple of, that one or two passages in Revelation means that there's continuous burning alive forever. I do believe in the outer circle of darkness and the gnashing of teeth and that type of thing. And I, I do think that if someone really messed up, you know, you, you sort of, you didn't, you didn't pass your exam, so you have to go to some kind of reform school or something. It's more like that. It's, it's, you, you have to learn. You have to learn, you know, that what, what you did that was not, not of God. But that, to me, that would be sort of the, the judgment. It's difficult to get away from the idea of, that there is some kind of judgment. But you should also be able to judge yourself during your life and say, yes, I, this, is, this is not contrary to the word. This is not in accordance to the, with the word of God. I shouldn't do this. You know, I, I should do something else. That's that's a judgment of self, and you should be able to do that. Respect your peers and don't do what you don't want for yourself. All I ask is that you pay attention in your life, that alertness is your guide. In other words, we would call these things like discernment, awakening, enlightenment, this type of thing. Uh, my beloved, this life is not a test. Well, that's debatable. Not a step on the way. Well, there is a future life. So if there was a future life, it means there was a past life. Not a step on the way, not a rehearsal, not a, nor a prelude to paradise. This life is the only thing here and now, and it is all you need. Now that, that is true. You should live now. Every moment is now. You should live that way before the Lord now. Um, and, and not think of, you know, you're constantly, uh, you're constantly having to rehearse or, uh, play a script or, um, you know, take a test or this type of thing. Just li live in God's plan for your life, the divine plan. Live in love and, you know, serve and give and help the best way you can. Use whatever endowments, whatever talents and gifts have been given and create that type of life of free will based on the fact that you are a child of the Most High. You, you, are, you, you are in the divine image. You are in Christ. You have that inside of you. When you know it, then you can really be regenerated and born again and then go on from there, right? 
I have set you absolutely free, no prizes or punishments, no sins or virtues, no one carries a marker, no one keeps a record. You're absolutely free to create in your life heaven or hell. I've set you free, no prizes or, or, or punishments. Well, you are free, you're free in Christ. And it's not, the, the issue is uh, prizes or punishments. Well, you, you will, you are blessed if you are in Christ, if, you are in, if you're following God, if you draw closer to him, you, you will be blessed and you will have the joy, but we don't turn it into some cheap kind of thing of, you know, you do things so you get, you know, God will give you a cookie or something. You know, it's not, it, it isn't like that. It's, it's, it's for you to, and it's for you to live in and enjoy the love of God and to share that with other people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? I can't tell you if there's anything after this life, but I can give you a tip. Well, okay, I mean, I, I believe that there is, but I can give you a tip. Live as if there is not, as, this, as if this is your only chance to enjoy, to love, to exist. Live for now. There is a later. There, live for now. Be in God, be in Christ. Find out, find out about Jesus or Yeshua and the Word, you know, the, the word of God is the word of truth. Live in the truth, seek the truth. And, and that's it. That's, that's your, you know, that's, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to believe in him, in Christ, and he wants you to live by the spirit, learn truth, love, give, serve, use your gifts. And, and, and that's it. You go into the next life, right? So, um, if there's nothing after, then you will have enjoyed the opportunity I gave you. Well, okay. And if there is, rest assured that I won't ask you if you behaved right or wrong. No. I'll ask, did you like it? Did you have fun? What did you enjoy the most? What did you learn? Well, no, there is, there is some accounting for what we've done. Uh, and yes, God does want you to enjoy your life. I do believe that. But there is, there is accounting. If you don't live according to God, there is an accounting for that. Right? Stop believing in me. Believing is assuming. Now, I don't know why he uses that word, stop believing in me. Yes, you should have faith in him, but he uses the word believing in me. Believing is assuming, guessing, imagining. I don't want you to believe in me. I, I want you to believe in you, that you are, you are an extension of me, that you're, uh, you're made in my image. That's what I want you to believe. And it isn't the, so I guess what he's saying is the issue is not so much believing in me, it's believing that you're part of me. You know, that you're in, I made you in my image. I want you to feel me in you when you kiss your beloved, when you tuck in your little girl, when you caress your dog, when you bathe in the sea. Stop praising me. What kind of egomaniac God do you think I am? Well, you know, there are praise and worship services that go on and on and on, but I do, I do think that uh, praising, praising the Lord, having that in your heart and showing that you, you, you love God, and you love Christ, and, and you give him praise for what he's given you, uh, the, that's what I would say. The stop praising me. What, he's exaggerating here. He's saying, don't, you can over-exaggerate. Well, you can over-exaggerate anything. And that's, that's the point I would make, is that, uh, uh, you know, you have people in Christianity that all they do is walk around and say, praise the Lord. Well, yeah, you should praise the Lord, but it should be real. It, sh it should be real. Uh, and what this guy is saying is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of hypocrisy about what people say they believe or, you know, praising and, and this type of thing. Uh, and then he's, he's just trying to be funny here. I think I'm bored being praised. I'm tired of being thanked, feeling grateful, prove it by taking care of yourself. In other words, live as a child of God, live as a child of God, take care of yourself, take care of your health, take care of your relationships, take care of what's around you in the world, express your joy, express the love of God. That's the best way you can praise me is express who I am in Christ, express my love in your life. You want to praise me? That's the way you praise me. 
stop complicating things and repeating as a parakeet what you've been taught about me. And uh, fair enough, you know, we've all been through churches and we've been taught to uh, uh, memorize things and spit them back. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that, that's, that's a real experience. And I think it makes, it makes life too complicated. It makes a relationship with God too complicated. What do you need more miracles for? Why do you need so many explanations? Well, we keep seeking for the explanations we want, but it, it, it is true at some point that, that, you know, just rely on the nature and character of God, that he is love and he wants you to be love because you're a part of him, you're an extension of him, and he's given you Christ, and he's given you the Spirit, and he's given you the Word, you know, he's given you Yeshua. So he's, he's, he's given you all these things, you know, that uh, he's given you all this that you can use to build the life that he wants you to build. But he, he, wants you to, he wants you to do it really with his guidance, but really he wants you to use what he's given you to do, to, to, to do things, you know, to be sovereign, you know, to be sovereign, to make good decisions. The only thing for sure is that you are here, that you are alive, that this world is full of wonders. Well, and that's, and that's the way it ends. So any, anyway, that's just uh, Einstein quoting uh, Spinoza's view of who is God. And some of it, you know, some of it I think is a bit controversial. I wouldn't agree with all of it. But there are certain, I think there are some certain, uh, there's a certain food for thought is that, you know, we, we turn our relationship with God into too much of a ritual and, you know, too much... So, some of the services, the church services, are just rituals that we keep repeating. And, you know, I, he said some things about praise and worship. It's, it, the idea is sometimes we turn things into something that's mechanical or, you know, rote, you know, rote memory, and it isn't a really lived experience. Uh, and, and really, I think what God is saying is live in, li live in the love of God, live in the love of Christ. And, you know, learn truth, learn the word. Uh, le learn what truth is and express truth in your, in your life. That that's it's it's not just learning what God gives you to to show that you know to you know it's part of wisdom. Yes, that's part of the truth. The truth is also you expressing expressing God in your life. That's that's truth as well. When they talk about your truth, it's well, it's the truth, but it's you're expressing God's truth in you. So anyway, I will stop there. I will read Psalm ninety one, and thank you for listening. He who dwells in the shelter of God will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body armor and shield. He will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For you have made the, the Lord your dwelling, the God your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him and dishonor and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.